0: So uh, it's called the atomic bomb, and I, the world's talking about atomic bombs lately. Haven't you been noted watching the news? Putin's moving his little bombs into place and all over the place, and he's playing his little game. But uh, the, the world's really worried, and um, you know, and, I, and um, you know, we, we've been quoting scriptures. Well, I'm going to talk about the peace and safety scriptures today, but we've been quoting these scriptures for years. And sometimes people go, you're he's talking about wars and stuff." Well, we're always talking about wars. Turn on the Channel Seven news; yeah, they're always—they never stop now. Just always about wars and atomic wars now, and they're kind of upping upping the ante now, and that's all you 're hearing, and oh, what are we going to do, and what bomb are we going to hit him with and now they're saying oh well, he's got atomic bombs, but they're only little ones, you know twenty thousand megatons or something you know they're, they're just little ones they won't be so bad and um so now they 're talking him down if he uses a bomb, but um you know the world's a bit of a mess, and i'm i'm pretty sure that um you know, if you don't know the Scriptures and you don't know God's ultimate plan, um, I reckon there must be a lot of worried people in the world if they think the world's just going to go on and on and on as it is. I think they got, they're got sadly mistaken. But um, but we don't know if this is it or it all blows away and there's another war 20 years from now from another angle. We don't know how it's all going to unfold, but the Word of God is, is uh, pretty straightforward in in what's happening. And it talks about people will be asking for peace and safety and, you know, I think one scripture says cry for peace and safety. I think the one I'm reading today um, is um, when they say we have peace and safety. But are they saying we want peace and safety because there isn't any? Or are they saying we've finally got peace and safety, that the wars have ended, we're finally peace, and we're at peace and we're finally safe? I'm not sure which one it is, to tell you the truth, um, and I don't think it particularly matters. Either way, the world's talking about peace and safety and having some sort of peace and 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 being safe and um, there's a bit of a mess and um and and nothing much has changed. So let's have a look at First Thessalonians, and chapter five. And it talks about the times and the seasons, and uh, the times and seasons are always cl- clocking over, never ends. And we're still in another, we're still in a time zone, and we're still in a season, and um, things are happening. And uh, that's 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 1. It says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And that's not like a thief that sneaks in and creeps around. thief in the night back there came with a loud, runk, a loud noise. He really announced himself and caused a lot of confusion to steal whatever he could. And it was quite, it was quite obvious you were getting robbed. But uh, this is the day of the Lord. It's going to be obvious that something's going on and something's going down, and uh, this will be the day of the Lord. There's a thief in the night, verse three: For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. You know when it's uh, you know so whether this is you know we want peace and safety because we're in the middle of war or or the war it seems like it's actually ended, and people are going, we've got peace and safety. Either one, I don't think it matters either way, but the destruction will come quickly and it won't be stopped. You know, when the baby's on its way, there's no holding that back. The baby is going to come out one way or the other and um, there will be no escape for the world. We'll be in the thick of it, in the thick of this um, sudden destruction that's come upon mankind. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, and we're not, uh, because God's given us his word that that day should overtake you as a thief. We can... uh, we, we know this day is coming. We're, we've been preaching it for um, hundreds of years, and the day will come one day, and um, and uh, and we're not in darkness to it. Um, we can be ignorant to it, and I think sometimes people are ignorant to it and go, never happened in my lifetime, and, and you know, and things like this. So I'm pretty sure they were quoting these scriptures in about the early 1940s in the middle of World War II and thinking it was all over back then and thinking the Lord's about to return in 1942, because England nearly fell. You know, it wasn't much left of it. And, um, and, you know, they called the National Day of Prayer and every church was full. They couldn't even get them into the doors. They were packed. People were outside praying for deliverance. And it's a sad reality of today. You know, when people are in trouble, they ask God for help. And when they're not in trouble and they've got plenty, God's nowhere to be seen. God's not on their radar and not on their agenda. uh, but God loves to be spoken to, and he loves people to call upon him. Um, but we live in this age now where just people are just so um, ignorant of God, and and we've probably got everything we need, I guess, the post-war generation now. And and um, it seems like we've got everything, but we can all see there's troubles on the way. The world can see there's troubles on the way, and we're not in darkness to any of this. Yeah, children of light, verse 5, you're all children of light. And the children of the day, we are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Sober is be of the right mind, basically walking in the spirit. Be, be, be walking in the spirit, be watching, be aware that this day could happen tomorrow. This day could happen next year. It could happen to our children when they're full-grown adults or when they're pensioners. It doesn't matter. We've got to be ready. For this day, we've got to be watching and be sober and be ready for this day, Solomon all his wisdom, we'll go to Ecclesiastes chapter nine, Solomon, in all his wisdom, talks about these things too, Ecclesiastes chapter nine and verse eleven, nine eleven 11 there we go, nine eleven Ecclesiastes I returned as Solomon said, and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor uh, to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. So the battle doesn't always go to the strongest, um, and, and the guy that has the most skill doesn't always get the job. And uh, you know Solomon saw this time and chance. Maybe if the right place at the right time, things happen, things go well, and maybe the other way. The battle doesn't always go. The way that we fact, in fact, the battle actually goes to the side that God is backing to achieve His plan and purpose. That's where the way the battle goes every time. God's already got a finger in there and sorting it all out, and He you knows got and He's He's knows what's going on. And or um, well, no, no uh, verse twelve. For no man also knoweth his not his. For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in a snare. So are the sons of men uh, snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. And um, this could be our generation. It'll be an evil time and it will fall suddenly upon this generation, upon this world that we live in. And, um, and uh, which way the battle goes? will go in the direction that God says it's going to go. And it's not always to the strongest. It's not always to the biggest guy that's going to win the battle. You know, we live in these interesting times. There's evil forces at work that would destroy all that we hold dear to life. Um, You know, the the nightly news is a scary thing to watch nowadays, and our world is changing. Everything's changing. And, um, you know, and whether we like it or not, you know, suddenly we could be in the thick of it. Suddenly, you know, the, the Ukraine war could be on our doorstep or a worldwide doorstep, which is probably where it's heading if it continues to escalate the way it does. You know, Matthew 24, you know, Jesus told us what the world would look like before his return, and not reading anything out of Matthew 24. But if you read that, it reads like the six o'clock news tonight, today. And uh, like it's right upon us, and we're right there. And Solomon also, again, in uh, just one little verse here, Proverbs 21, verse 31, he tells us the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. And, um, sure we can prepare ourselves, uh, you know, the, the, uh, Australia has raised its budget for defense. It's buying submarines and, um, our enemy, the our enemy is not happy about that at the moment. And, um, and we see these things happening. We were, we, you know, the horse that prepared against the day of battle yeah, and, uh, the American war machine is well and truly prepared. It's got the largest army in the world, not in people, but in certainly in machine and technology, it's well and truly prepared and uh and it's it's posturing itself. It's been doing that for some time against North Korea and Iran and now backing the Ukraine against Russia and speaking all these words and against each other and you know and and uh the you know the forces over there in the Middle East that want to obliterate Israel as well. You know, true safety is of the Lord. The horse is prepared against the day of battle. But if you want safety, that's of the Lord. The Lord will bring about safety. Man's not going to bring it back. The battle horse is not going to bring it back. Uh, bring it. The strongest, the biggest army is not going to bring give us safety. But safety is of the Lord, as the proverbs tell us. True safety is from God. Um, Psalm 33 and verse 17, speaking about the horse again, which was, uh, you know, that was their that was their armored vehicle, the horse, their tank. A good cavalry could overrun a lot of people on foot. And basically, the last time we needed them was World War I. After that, we moved ahead with machinery. But in Psalm 33, verse 17 to 19, it says, A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. So if you put your trust in the horse, or if you put your trust in man to save you, we're talking about really, you may be very disappointed at the end of the day. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy um, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive. And, uh, you know, those people that fear God, fear God doesn't mean you have to be scared of him, it just means having some respect for him and respecting that God's got the battle at hand. God's the one in, in control of the battle. God's in control of safety and peace. He's the one that's in control of all those things mankind's not going to deliver it to anybody at the end of the day. You know, not a lot of people respect God today. God's really not in the equation. And in fact, they t- they go to a lot of trouble just to not say the word. God or Lord or anything like that gets no credit at all, um, which is a real shame because um, he's not looking at them. <laughs> the eyes of the Lord are upon them that fear him. They're the ones he's thinking about, the ones that have some respect for him at the very least. Uh, So God's there, and I guess if you're on Zoom and you're listening and you're new and you haven't been to meetings very long or you've just come into the church, you know, we really all we really ask is that people consider God, that they have some respect for Him. At the end of the day, for what He says, you know, what the Bible says, have respect for God and His wisdom and what the Bible has to say for how to live a life. Psalm 147, verse 11, just another one little verse here. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. Once again, those that have a respect for him, he has great pleasure in those people. <laughs> he loves those people, and he loves that people are considering him in their lives uh, daily. First Peter, chapter 3, and verse 12. 1 Peter, chapter 3 in verse 12. It says, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. So we're fast-forwarding now to the saints of God, those filled with the Holy Ghost, those that are in right standing with God. The eyes of the Lord are over the, over the righteous, and his ears are, upon, are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you, if ye be followers of that which is good? But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, you know, sometimes uh, you know time and chance happens to us all, even to the righteous and the unrighteous we heard we heard about that on at Sunday's meeting Pastor David sharma and Rocky talked about why do good things happen bad things happen to good people you know and um why do bad things happen? is it God why do all the bad stuff happen in the world and he went through a whole bunch of scriptures, but you know it can happen to the good and the bad of the life, but you know bad stuff happened to Jesus Christ, but he turned it into the glory of God, and uh and that was the question they asked Jesus you know and the the, um, the fellow was born, I think he was born blind or born lame. I can't remember which one it was now. And the disciple says, who sinned? Do you know that the father, did the parents get it wrong? Or was he a sinner? Or who, how, what, what caused all this? And um, Jesus said, nobody. Just, it's just time and chance. He said, but you can turn it into the glory of God if you want. There could be incredible healing or there was a healing. You know, Jesus came along and healed and turned to things, turned to bad circumstances into the glory of God, and uh, and who, who it is that can harm you if we're following that which is good? If we're following the Lord, what can really harm us at the end of the day? Nothing. But if, but and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Let's not worry about what men can do. Um, the Bible says, "Don't worry about Jesus." Said, "Don't worry about what men can do. Worry about what God can do." Because he's the one that can take your soul, the soul's uh, integral part. And um, he's the guy that you need to be uh, keeping your eye on, God himself. Be not afraid of man, their terror and their trouble. But sanctify the Lord, God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh your reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And I think sometimes we hear it in testimony. Sometimes people are go, why are you worried? Why aren't you worried about this or that? And and you can tell them; they can see a hope in you. They can see that that you you know a better you know a better plan. You know something better is coming at the end of the day. You know that it's going to unfold to God's plan and not what man thinks and not what man thinks he's going to be doing here and there and whatever. Be ready to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you. Be ready to tell someone that God's got it under control. God's plan will unfold and the battle will go to whoever God is backing to make his plan happen. That's exactly the direction it will go. Not to the strongest, not to the man with the most nuclear bombs, not to anything like that. Beyond on God's side is the best side to be on. Um, two Chronicles, just a couple of verses here I'd like to read. I'd like to read the whole story but won't have time. Uh, this is a story here where the Ethiopians and the Libyans were coming to attack uh, Judah, I believe, and they um, there was a million of them. The wall says there was a million. That's a lot of people. <laughs> That's a big army on their way to attack Judah, the kingdom of Judah. And the kingdom of Judah, they had about 500,000 men, so they had a good-sized army too, but um, they were at number to one So there's a million coming towards them, And um, there's something said here in 2 Chronicles 16 and verse 8. Uh, Were not the Ethiopians and Libyans a huge host, about a million, uh, with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. A million of them still couldn't overrun the kingdom of Judah. They called out on God to deliver them and go, which way the battle's going to go, Lord? Well, who feared the Lord? Who respected the Lord? It wasn't the, uh, the Ethiopians and Libyans, Libyns, Lubyns, Lubyns, um, a huge host. It wasn't them. It was the guys that respected the law that called out on the law. So the battle went their way, didn't it? The battle goes the direction where God decides. Verse 9, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong uh, in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou, dost fool, thou hast done foolishly; therefore, from henceforth thou shalt have wars. And uh, that's the reason we have wars today is because man is foolish. God is sensible, but they don't want to follow what God's rules are. They want to do what God does. Um, you know the example he was saying how the battle run God's ways. God's eyes were on the people that were following Him, that feared Him, that had respect for Him, and so they won the battle against a million. But man's foolish. He does foolishness, and therefore we have wars. So the, so if we're fighting wars, we know man's being foolish. That's pretty much the bottom line. And we'll always have wars until the Lord comes back. There's no way around it. Mankind just doesn't get it right. Uh, he's always doing stupid, foolish things. Psalm 37 and verse 39. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. Here's their strength uh, in the time of trouble, and there will be a time of trouble. It It's coming, and uh, but we have uh, the Lord. He's our strength, and he is our salvation, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. So that's where our trust goes, goes into our Lord. Trusting God and doing what he says is the key to our salvation at the end of the day. God offers a way of escape through his son. It's called the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's and it's his salvation plan for mankind, because mankind is always doing foolishly. And therefore we are always having wars. They just don't ever seem to stop. And even when we thought we went in war in Australia, for the last um 30 years or something, there's been at least 30, 40 wars going on around the globe constantly. There's always Someone fighting someone in some war. So, uh, But God offers a way out, a salvation plan. We'll finish in Isaiah and, uh, chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. This is a prophecy here of, um, of Jesus Christ to come. And it gives us a little heads up that he's coming and the future of that result, the future of the birth of Christ and what's, what's to follow. It's all wrapped up in a couple of verses here. Uh, For us to see, a prophet Isaiah got a glimpse of this, and he here he speaks of Jesus being the Prince of Peace. He speaks of the government that Jesus is going to set up, and how there'll be no end to it. Um, verse six for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And um Jesus Christ is going to bring about true peace on the earth. If people want peace and safety, they should be looking to Jesus Christ right now if they want that. But unfortunately, a lot most people aren't doing that. But for the people that do, there will be peace and safety. The Prince of Peace is he. Of the increase in verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Imagine that. A world with a government with no end of peace. No more wars. They're finished with. They're done. Um, Of his increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And we won't need elections. We'll just want Jesus Christ in there running the show because we'll finally have a world that will have peace and safety. No end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment end with justice from henceforth, even forever. So we'll have justice and judgment as well. Um, True justice, true true judgment, true justice. And real peace and safety for a world and for the people who live in it. From henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Man's not going to save us. America's war machine's not going to save us. None of those. The battle will go to where God says it's going to go. And God will do this at the end of the day. He will perform it all. He will perform this for those that fear him, for a remnant, just a few, basically, that are saved. He's coming back for those. Otherwise, maybe just let the world blow itself into oblivion. I don't know. Maybe he's just coming back for a few that respect him, just for the few that have their eyes upon the Lord, that call upon him daily. And, uh, and he hears that, and he's coming back. And he's going to perform this, which is a government and peace with absolutely no end. Amen. Leave it there.